well-regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state? The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I am glad you've joined us on the program today. Today is Lobby Day in Richmond, Virginia. Going to look a lot different than it did uh, this time last year. It was actually December, uh, excuse me, January 20th, 2020, when we had the uh, Lobby Day rally in Richmond that featured tens of thousands of gun owners. Uh, I think 20,000 is on the low end. I, I think it could have been 30, 40,000. Really impossible to tell. I mean, but uh, gun owners from across the state of Virginia, really across the country, uh, gathering in Richmond. Uh, to uh, to lobby lawmakers against the dozens of gun control bills that have been dropped uh, this time last year, 2021 Lobby Day. So uh, the Virginia Citizens Defense League is moving forward with this event, despite the uh, 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 concerns that uh, folks might try to use this event for their own purposes. Uh, and I am once again speaking at Lobby Day, although I'm doing so virtually this year, all of these speakers uh, streaming their speeches had to uh, send them in a couple of minutes or a couple of days ahead of time in order to uh, get those uploaded. Uh, congratulations, by the way, to the Virginia Citizens Defense League for a great job in uploading all of those speeches. They look fantastic. Uh, if you go to the Virginia Citizens Defense League's website, the VCDL YouTube page, uh, you can see all of those speeches, not just mine, uh, but Susanna Gracia Hupp. Uh, Mr. Guns and Gear, I think, is a speaking. Ken Blanchard, uh, Philip Van Cleve himself, the uh, head of the VCDL. Uh, all of those speeches available on VCDL's YouTube page. But I did want to take this opportunity today to share my VCDL speech with you so that uh, you could hear for yourself what uh, I had to say to Virginia gun owners, my message going forward into this election year, because it is an election year in the state of Virginia. Uh, and that is critically important for not just maintaining the rights that we have, but in clawing back some of those rights that we've lost uh, in uh, recent years, particularly in the 2020 legislative session. So uh, without any further ado, here is my Lobby Day 2021 speech. Take a look and a listen. Thank you so much to Philip Van Cleve and the folks at the VCDL for inviting me to be a part of the 2021 Lobby Day activities. Um, Last year, 2020, was my first time speaking at a lobby day. That was a, that was a pretty, good, pretty good year to make my debut, I got to tell you. It was, it was absolutely incredible to stand there at the lectern, to look out over that sea of gun owners from all across the state of Virginia and all across the country who had gathered in Richmond in support of our right to keep and bear arms to, to lobby lawmakers. That's what lobby day is all about, right? To lobby lawmakers, to stand up. For our Second Amendment rights, to not attack them, to not infringe on them. And while we were not successful at beating back every bad bill last year, we were successful at watering down a lot of the bad bills that became bad laws. A lot of those bad laws are now being challenged in court. Others simply don't seem to be enforced at all. Looking at you, background check bill. And then, of course, there was the centerpiece of Governor Ralph Northam's anti-gun campaign, his ban on modern sporting rifles and so-called high-capacity magazines, legally owned suppressors. And remember, as that bill was originally introduced by Delegate Mark Levine, the owners of those items would have to have had turned them over to the state of Virginia. We could not maintain possession of the items that we legally purchased and legally possessed. Now, 
They watered that bill down too. Managed to eke out a successful vote in the House. Went over to the state Senate where it was defeated. I wish that I could say it was defeated because we had a number of Democrat state senators say, this is absurd. This is an attack on our constitutional rights. I can't support a ban on the most commonly sold centerfire rifle in the country today. I can't support banning magazines that the vast majority of gun owners have in their possession. That wasn't the reasoning that they gave. What they said was, we can't support the bill in its current form. Which was okay for gun owners last year, but clearly demonstrates that there is more work to be done. And perhaps new representation needed in those Senate districts. Individuals who do understand why our Second Amendment rights are so important and why attempts to infringe on those rights will be met with righteous anger. It's how we channel that anger. It's how we channel that energy that matters. This is an election year in Virginia. We have the opportunity to take back the House of Delegates. We have the opportunity to take back the governor's mansion. We have the opportunity to replace an anti-gun attorney general with a pro-gun attorney general. But you know what? If we decide that the system is just too broken, then we won't do any of that. If we decide to disengage, to not get involved, we guarantee that the uh, anti-gun politicians are going to remain in a majority position. And next year, when it's not an election year, they might not be as shy as they are at the moment to pursue the rest of their anti-gun plans. So I'm glad that you're taking part in this activity. I'm glad that you haven't given up on the political system. If you have, by the way, if you've decided, bah, it's not worth getting involved, oh, the whole thing needs to be burned out, you're wrong. You're wrong. We have plenty of tools available to us, even with an anti-gun president, even with an anti-gun Congress. First, we have the courts. Supreme Court, I do expect, is going to take a Second Amendment case, at least one, if not more, this year. We have various state legislatures around the country, various governorships that are quite supportive of the right to keep and bear arms. And here in the state of Virginia, we have the Second Amendment sanctuary movement. We have dozens of counties and towns and cities that have declared, look, if unconstitutional gun control laws get passed, we're not going to be spending a penny of our funds to enforce those laws. I know gun control advocates, they don't like to hear that. But I'm telling you that the Second Amendment sanctuary movement is a part of a political tradition in this country that dates back almost to the founding. I mean, you can look at, uh, in the 1800s, the local resistance to the Fugitive Slave Act in northern states. You can look at the local and state-level resistance to prohibition 100 years ago. Uh, Obviously, you can look to the civil rights movement of the 1950s and the 1960s to see the power of peaceful, nonviolent civil disobedience. In the 1970s and 80s, the rise of the uh, illegal immigrant sanctuary cities. Uh, More recently, states legalizing cannabis, despite federal law still declaring it illegal. The Second Amendment sanctuary movement fits comfortably within that tradition where localities 
or counties or even states tell the federal government it's your law, you enforce it. And again, in the meantime, we have the course to challenge these unconstitutional laws. We have allies around the country. Don't give up hope is what I'm telling you. I've covered the Second Amendment on a daily basis since 2004. And I can tell you that looking back over the last 16, almost 17 years now, we have made far more gains than we've lost ground. Far more gains than we've lost ground. Let me give you a couple of stats. Right now, we have 42 states around the country that are shall issue when it comes to concealed carry. You pass the statutory requirements, you get your concealed carry license. There are eight states that say, no, 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 that's not good enough. What's your reason to carry? You got to give us a good reason. Self-defense isn't good enough. You have to justify your need for a carry license. We have eight of those states left. We have 15 states right now that don't require a permit to carry at all. If you're a legal gun owner, you can legally carry. And I suspect that number 16 is going to arrive this year. In 2004, there were zero. Well, there was Vermont. There was one. There was one constitutional carry state. All of the rest have come since then. Not one state has gone backwards. Not one state has abandoned permitless carry. Not one state has abandoned shall issue carry in exchange for may issue carry. We've seen good cause requirements dropped in Washington, D.C. We saw the state of Illinois when they were forced basically by court order to come up with a carry law or take their case to the Supreme Court where they were going to lose. We saw them adopt shall issue. The right to carry revolution that has taken place going back to the 1980s, continuing on today, has moved in one direction, towards full recognition of a right to keep and bear arms. Has it come as fast as we'd like? Of course not. Do we still have holdouts? Yep. Do we have a chance to actually see the Supreme Court weigh in on a carry case this year? We absolutely do. We have made gains. In fact, you know, over the course of the past year, we just added eight and a half million new gun owners to our ranks, according to the National Shooting Sports Foundation. That's eight and a half million potential allies to help us fight for our right to keep and bear arms, to, to contact their own lawmakers, to run for office themselves. Don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. I, I know that you might be frustrated. I know you might be angry right now. But you need to try to figure out a way to channel that, to be productive to be engaged, to be involved, because that is how we win. And I want to take a, just a minute or two to talk to those anti-gun lawmakers. I doubt many of them are listening, honestly, I really do. But I want to take just a minute to talk to those folks. As I mentioned, we just went through the busiest year in history in terms of gun sales. We just saw the most new gun owners in a 12-month period that the history has ever seen, that the country's ever seen. Those folks matter. And those existing gun owners matter too. And I know that a constitutional argument, me telling you, hey, you're violating the Constitution, I know you don't believe it. Well, the Constitution's limited. Well, the Supreme Court got it wrong. Well, listen. If you're a Democrat who supports gun control, who believes that you can ban your way to safety 
I want to ask you a question. Do you also think that the criminal justice system is systemically biased? Do you think that there are problems within policing and prosecution that, 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 that fundamentally affect every aspect of the criminal justice system? Because if you do believe those things, and you also believe in criminalizing the possession of a 20-round magazine, or a 17-round magazine, or a modern sporting rifle, or you believe in gun licensing laws that would put people in prison if they don't get pre-approval from the state before they exercise their Second Amendment rights, if you support any of those supply-side gun control laws, guess what? You're a part of the problem. Because you're putting laws on the books that are going to be enforced by a system that you say is not fair. Now, I think you should ponder that. Think about it before you decide if the next gun control bill that comes across your desk is something that you can really support, or if there is not a better, more effective, more just and fair way to reduce violent crime, to go after those who might be uh, interested in, in taking their own life and ensuring that they get the help that they need to preventing domestic violence. Because I guarantee you that there are effective solutions to those issues that don't involve infringing the rights of Americans and don't involve, by the way, putting more laws on the books. We as gun owners, we care about these things. We care about our country. We care about our neighbors. We care about our communities. It's not that we don't care. But you're not going to violate our constitutional rights with the empty promise of safety and security. You know, look, Virginia in 2019, before any of these gun control laws were passed and put on the books, Virginia was the fourth safest state in the nation. What happened after these gun control laws got put on the books in 2020? Our crime rate went up. Now, it went up around the country. But these new gun laws in Virginia didn't stop violent crime from rising here. And the lack of gun control laws in the state did not prevent Virginia from being one of the safest states in the union in the years previous. There are ways that we can come together, honestly, as long as people are willing to talk about it and have this discussion, there are things that we can do to actually make a difference that don't involve trying to take people's rights away. I'm going to try to end on an optimistic note here. So bear with me, because I know a lot of you aren't feeling very optimistic. As I laid out, looking at this movement long term, we have had more successes than failures. We are moving in the right direction. There will be times where we will take a step back. There are times where we will stall out and we will feel like we're spinning our wheels. But the Second Amendment didn't just come into existence last year. Since 1791, the Second Amendment has been that written guarantee that our pre-existing natural right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And again, we have the opportunity this year in Virginia to, to, to take a step forward. But if we're not engaged 
we're not involved, no matter how frustrated we might be with the political system, if we give up, if we throw up our hands in disgust, if we decide that, you know, we want to just try to burn it all down instead, we will squander that opportunity to take back the House of Delegates, to take back the governor's mansion, to, to, to replace an anti-gun attorney general with a, an attorney general who, who, who can read the Constitution and who can understand it. And I don't want to see us waste that opportunity. We are a big tent movement, believe it or not. I think we're the last big tent movement in the country because it's the right of the people to keep and bear arms that shall not be infringed. And so we need to do everything we can to ensure that as many people as possible in Virginia are involved and engaged to defend and support and secure that right. And I thank you for being a part of that effort. Again, many thanks to uh, Philip Van Cleve and the VCDL for uh, inviting me to be a part of the 2021 Lobby Day rally. And we will be following what's going on in Virginia very closely uh, during the session, which is supposed to end on February 27th. Right now, we have not seen Governor Northam's gun ban, suppressor ban, magazine ban reintroduced. Uh, the one bad bill, well, there are a couple of bad bills, but the one that uh, is probably the worst of them, uh, is a ban on unfinished firearm parts, uh, you know, the, the quote-unquote ghost guns. Yeah, that bill has dropped in the legislature over on the House of Delegates side. So far, it has not been assigned to a committee. Uh, and again, we'll see how hard Democrats want to push gun control in Virginia during this election year. My, my thinking is that they're not going to push hard at all, uh, but they may decide that, you know, that bill is um, a, a unique enough measure that they could try to uh, pass that without... Uh, making gun control a big issue in 2021, because I think they're going to try to avoid making gun control a big issue in 2021. All right, uh, on now to our good deed of the day, our armed citizen story, our recidivist report. We will start there with a case out of Aurora, Colorado, where a man was arrested after setting off two explosions uh, in his neighborhood. Doesn't look too happy about, making, about being arrested either. Uh, Scott Allen Campbell, 44 years of age, has been charged with first-degree arson, Possession of a weapon by a previous offender, as well as attempted murder uh, for allegedly causing two explosions in or near his Aurora neighborhood since Christmas Day. That according to a News 9 in Denver. First blast damaged two homes in the southern part of Aurora about to 5.30 on Christmas morning. The second took place January the 7th, shortly before 5 a.m., damaged one home. Uh, Campbell lives in the area about a mile from both locations. While uh, Nine News says the arrest affidavit is sealed and police have not released a possible motive or any other details about the explosions, uh, they do say that Campbell has a lengthy criminal history in the state that includes several DUIs as well as domestic violence charges. Uh, given that he is also uh, being charged with possession of a weapon by a previous offender, looks like there was at least one other weapons charge in Mr. Campbell's history. Right now he's being held on $1 million bail. He is scheduled to appear in court on Tuesday. Our armed citizen story of the day from the Lone Star state of Texas, where KHOU reports that a dad shot his daughter's ex-boyfriend after the man followed her, even though he had a restraining order out against him. This happened uh, late last Wednesday on the south side of Houston. It was uh, just before 11 p.m. when the uh, shots were fired. According to KHOU, police say a woman saw her ex-boyfriend following her 
So she ended up driving to her parents' home. When she pulled into the driveway, the ex allegedly blocked her in. Woman's dad came outside with a pistol, so the boyfriend made a threatening move, so that's when he pulled the trigger. The ex was shot at least once and got back in his vehicle, sped away from the scene, calling for an ambulance. He was then taken to a hospital with a wound to his hip. Uh, he is going to survive those injuries. Right now, no names have been released. No charges have been filed. Police say the man who was shot could face charges, however, for violating that restraining order. And uh, finally today, our good deed of the day, meet Officer Eli Trulli in Beloit, Wisconsin, a, a police officer there who was in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing when he learned that residents lost their home last Thursday night after a fire. Officer Trulli decided that he would, you know, do something to help these folks out, and he paid for a, a hotel room for them since they had been, uh, again, displaced from their home. He said, I just decided if I was ever in this position, I would want somebody to do the same for me. Uh, she was super thankful, shocked, and overall appreciative and kept offering to pay me back, but it isn't needed. Uh, according to WKOW, Officer Trolley did not tell any officers about what he did. Police department learned about the deed due to the fire department's records on the fire. Officer Trolley agreed to uh, go public with what he did so that the Beloit community could see another side of police officers. He said, whether we go through drive throughs sometimes we'll randomly pay for the car behind us, he said. We'll play basketball or sports with kids who are out and about. A lot of times we don't like to tell anybody about it. We just like to keep it under the radar. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you're actually speaking out about this, Officer uh, Trolley, and thank you again for being in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing in uh, helping that family who had lost their home and their possessions in that fire. It is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms. Cam and Company, want to thank you for being a part of the program. As always, don't forget, you can subscribe to Town Hall Media on YouTube. That way you'll never miss a program. Or if you'd prefer to use Rumble, we're there too. Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. Also, if you'd rather have a podcast version, we've got you covered. Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, townhall.com's podcast page as well. We'll be back tomorrow with more of the latest Second Amendment news and information, and there is a lot to cover. So make sure you're following along at BarryAndArms.com as well. Until we talk again, be well, be safe, and be free.